How many of you go to that uh, Faith's YouTube channel and, and see that kind of thing? I'm glad you heard that, Jake and, and Dave talking about that. It's on there. Please feel free to check out all those things that are offered to you uh, on our YouTube channel. But when I hear that, it's, it's all about conversations. And I think about Romans chapter 10, verse 17. You know, faith comes by what? By hearing, hearing from the word of, of God. The word of Christ. Faith comes by hearing. And hearing that usually comes in the context of conversation. So, so we have this great invitation for you. In fact, you can grab one of these for a friend. Because we have what's called Alpha. And it's a great place to explore these questions and have spiritual conversations. You can look it up online. FaithTroy.org front slash Alpha. And we're going to start September the 15th on a Wednesday night. Uh, for, for anybody that comes uh, to explore. And you can invite. I've invited two friends. I didn't have this yet. But, but I might give them to him. But I invited two to come and just explore what God has to say to us in the context of friendships and just throwing it out there. No agendas, just talking. It's a great time. Dinner is going to be provided on Wednesday night. There's offer, also an offering on Monday night online. And then Thursday for college and adults, they can also do that. Alpha, please take one of those invitations uh, with you. And we're going to start this morning because uh, as we continue kind of this series that we brought back, into every relationship. How do we bring Jesus into every relationship? I want to do an exercise. If you remember a few months back, uh, I, I asked you to do a little exercise. Remember I told you to stand up. We're going we're gonna to learn how to punch. Remember that? No, you don't, don't worry about it. It's, we're not, it's not going to be a physical exercise today. It's going to be a, a mental exercise. And so as we do that, here's what I want you to do. For those of you watching online, you can participate too. So welcome online. If you're driving, don't do this exercise. You know, let, let whoever else is, you can talk it out. But if you're here, the message outline has, you, uh, has, has a spot for you. So get something to, to write with or to use your phone, whatever you want to do. Because we're going to take about 45 seconds as you look at this picture. You recognize it? Did you know that it's the largest Beb Oak tree in the United States? It's on Livernoy, right, in Rochester Hills. How many of you have seen that? Pass it all the time, come in for 15 years. And, and, and here's what I want you to do. Been in, in Michigan for 15 years, and I think that that, that branch on the very bottom that kind of is going down, I think that's kind of lowered over the years. It was a little higher than when I first got here. But here's what I want you to do. What do your curious minds ask about? What kind of questions would you consider? I want you to write down five questions about that tree. Are you ready? Are you ready? Go ahead. If you are willing, would you raise your hands and just it, kind of share with us? Raise your hand and share with us what questions did you come, with, come up with about that tree? Who wants to start? Yes. 
Yep. What's the age of the tree? I told you the type of tree. Yeah. But here, I tell you what, it's a beb oak, but does anybody know what a beb oak tree is? B-E-B-B? I don't know. That's a question. Thank you. Two of them that are good. Good. All right. What's that? It's purpose. Yes. Oh, no, you're just yawning? Oh, you do have a question? Oh, yeah, what kind of storms has it weathered? How about in the back? I can't see in the back, but, but yes, way in the back right here. Yep. Who planted it and why? Good. Yes. How many kids have climbed it? Yeah. Who's climbed that around here? Wow. I've never done that. I, with my weight, I'd break a limb for sure. Yes. Why is it the only one? Yeah, good questions. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Well done. See, here's the thing about it. I think that God has created us as human beings to be curious. He has. He's given all of us kind of this curious gene. No matter if you're a follower of Jesus or not, he's built into us curiosity. And that's going to be kind of a theme for us as we, we go along this morning. I found a good quote that I think is interesting as it relates to spiritual conversations. Curiosity is not the same as gathering information. Curiosity is a different way of discovering. When you are curious, you're no longer in the, the role of an expert. Instead, you are exploring the person that you're speaking with, right? Their world, not superimposing your world on theirs. If we have a genuine curiosity, right, we let go of our agendas. We let go of whatever it is that we want to do. And we just want to be curious. We want to get to know another human being. So we're bringing back a series that we did back in May and June. And it's a series called Into Every Relationship, bringing Jesus into every relationship. And you know that we talked about these kind of conversations, these in spiritual conversations, we talked about Jesus being the master at doing this and preparing or getting ready for spiritual conversations. Jesus, Jesus noticed, he prayed, and he listened. Noticing, praying, and listening. Remember, he, he noticed and he saw that people were helpless like sheep without a shepherd. He had this vertical relationship with his father. He prayed for us. He prayed with us. He said, God, how can I share? What can I share? Right? And then listening. He was always one to just take time out, as we'll see in a few moments, and listen to us personally. And he does that every time. We're in prayer. And so that's getting ready. But now, this, these next two weeks, we're going to talk about actually being in the conversation. And what are we doing? What skills that, that Jesus does that we can be in? And it's the, to the skill today is asking questions. Next week, it's loving, important skills. Now, if you haven't uh, seen the YouTube series that I, I did about these skills, just go back on there. Click on it. It be a refresher for you. Um, check it out. Those three skills, noticing, praying, and listening. And then as we develop that, we can also think about asking questions for our topic today and loving next week. Important skills as we're in relationships. And I think God, the one who has provided us with that, that gift of curiosity that 
that's built in, into us that, that it's really used as we have conversations with people. Another quote from a brilliant scientist, Albert Einstein, here's what he said. The important thing is not to, to not stop questioning. Curiosity has its own reason for existing. One cannot help but be in awe when he contemplates the mystery of eternity, of life, of the marvelous structure of reality. It's enough if one tries merely to comprehend a little. A little of this mystery every day. Never lose a holy curiosity. And I love that term, holy curiosity, because as it involves being in relationship with other peoples, with other people, it involves choice. Having a holy curiosity means I choose to listen to somebody. I choose to notice. I choose to pray for God. What, can, what words do you want me to, to have with this person that I notice, that I listen to? Because curiosity really is the thing that focuses our attention away from us and onto the other person. It fuels that ability to have good questions, to have good conversation. And I find it interesting if you just look at that word curiosity, the Latin root for curiosity means to, to care for, to tend, to heal. You see, when we're in relationships with, with people and we're having conversations, we want to help care for them, right? We want to be and bring Jesus into every relationship, Jesus who healed me, right? And we can be the instrument of God's salvation to heal others as well. A couple weeks ago, uh, what I sometimes do when I don't have time, uh, my day gets away from me and I don't get to, to go home for lunch, I just go down to the subway down the road uh, at the Aldi Plaza right there and, and I grab a sandwich. And so um, as I'm in line, six feet away, right, the, the dot's right there to, to help me know where to stand. The, the person that I saw in line has this tattoo on the back of her, her shoulder, and kind of like that alpha uh, promo, you see that uh, woman with the tattoo right there on, on her shoulder? And I just, I'm curious why too, uh, you know, uh, of course it's there to be seen, right? I mean, the person that's, that's got the tattoo wants you to see it, and so of course it caught my eye, and so it had these letters, and I'm, I recognized the letters, and they're Hebrew. And I tried to pronounce them, you know, because I studied Hebrew in the seminary. And it, it, it kind of sounds like this. Gam zeh yabur. And I couldn't see the final part. And I said, hey, could you turn for just a minute? I can, I can read Hebrew. So I'm trying to just read it poorly. Uh, I don't know the vocab. But the definition of it, she just said, it's yam gabur. Okay, thank you. And it means this too shall pass. And I chuckled and I said, oh, man, is that COVID or what? <laughs> Absolutely, this too shall pass. And, and, and see, we have conversations all the time, don't we? We just do. We have all kinds of questions that kind of start conversations. Like, hey, where'd you get that tattoo? Right? Or, or how many kids do you have? Or where are you from? You know, in, in St. Louis, actually the question there, uh, when we first meet somebody that's kind of your age and they're out of high school, is where'd you go to high school? I don't know why we ask that in South St. Louis, but where'd you go to high school means, okay, I pegged you for a private, you know, preppy boy. Because you went to this school. Or, oh, man, you went to this, you know, I know about what, what those high school guys did or whatever. And just, we just say, where would you go to high school? But we ask questions as a way, a natural way to build relationships. And then asking more questions engages them to just for further conversation. So here's the thing. The art and skill of asking questions from a heart of genuine interest. It builds connection. Not because I'm trying to sell something, Right? Or because you know better than them, right? Or just because you're curious. Just because you want to get to know them better. All right. 
another exercise. Kind of a mental exercise, but more spiritual exercise. Just like I asked you to look at that, that oak tree, I'm going to ask you to have in your head right now, okay, put in your head right now someone who you think in your relationship with does not follow Jesus. Or maybe is unchurched or dechurched or whatever. Maybe it's in the family. Maybe it's not in the family, coworker, wherever. Have that person in your head, okay? You have them? You have them? Think about now, you're going to have 45 seconds to think about five questions that you're curious about that person. Ready? Go. Same thing again, but this time I'm going to start in the back of the room, okay? If you're not too shy or intimidated to share, what kind of question? You just, uh, you know, answer with one question. Did you think about Yes. What's the difference between him and the other, you and the other guy with having both the same, you know, information about Jesus? Is that it? Good. Anybody else? In the back. In the back. Okay. Come, Aaron. Have you gone to church? And if so, what was the experience like? Good. Back in the back, yes. What kind of coping mechanisms do you, coping mechanisms do you have when it comes to? Sorry, I didn't hear that. Life problems. Yeah, good. Awesome. Thank you for sharing. Um, here's the thing, what I've provided for you. Hopefully you got one of these, okay, when you walked in the door. Something you take home, something also, if you're watching online, you can click somewhere online. They're going to have the same thing for you, okay? Uh, just a set of questions, conversation questions. One side's not necessarily spiritual, the other is. For example, what was the best vacation you ever took? What's your favorite family tradition? Or what are you most proud of in the last year? You flip it on the other side, here's some spiritual questions. What do you think happens after death? Have you read, have you ever read the Bible? And what do you value most? Take those home with you. Think about them in your relationships with others. I think a good question asker has an open and curious heart and good motives really when they engage in, in conversations. And do you ever notice how in the Bible God is a question asker. He is. Do you know Jesus asked all kinds of questions? Think about some of the questions that Jesus asked, right? What do the scriptures say? Who do people say I am? To the woman caught in uh, adultery, right? Has anyone condemned you? I love this one. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world 
yet forfeit their soul. What about this to Mary and Martha? Do you believe this? Do you believe that I'm the resurrection and the life? One Bible scholar said that he listed 307 questions that Jesus asked recorded in the Bible. God knows everything. Jesus is God. So if God knows everything and Jesus knows everything and they're omniscient, why do they ask questions? Why would they ask questions? We're going to find out. Open up your Bibles to Mark chapter 10. It's on your phones and the Bibles we provide. It's on page 1,572. At home, open up your Bibles. Mark chapter 10. Jesus is walking out of this city called Jericho. And there's a clamoring crowd of people. There's a blind man by the name of Bartimaeus. And he's sitting beside the road and he's shouting. And in this example, I believe that we get to see the heart of God. The heart of God that Jesus wants to share. Beginning in verse 48. Many rebuked him, that's the blind man, and told him to be quiet. But he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, call him. So they called to the blind man, cheer up on your feet, he's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. Simple question Jesus asked. What do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for you? In this brief interaction we get to see the heart of God. The curiosity that cares and tends and heals this man. Because Jesus, first he notices he hears a man speaking, right? He notices that, that, that he's uh, blind. He tells the crowd, hey, bring him here. You know, he puts everything aside, right? He stops whatever he was doing to connect and take time to listen. Here's what I love about this situation, this, this scenario. That even though, though Jesus knows, I mean, he could have come, Bartimaeus could have come right in front of him, and Jesus could have healed him right then. Even without coming, Jesus could have healed, right? But he allows Bartimaeus, the dignity, the dignity to just respond to a question that Jesus has. Not only allows the, the dignity, but he allows him to really display his faith, right? To display his faith that Jesus, I believe in you, Son of God, have mercy on me, he says. I think that's awesome. Because in our relationships, when we take the time, right, like Jesus takes the time, to be in conversation, to be curious, to allow people to respond to our questions. We show the heart of God. They're important. That skill that builds relationships, right? A heart of genuine interest. It not just builds relationship, but really builds connection. And so we pray, even in our relationships, God, help me have the words to say. God, help me notice the one you want to notice, right? As I prepared for this message on asking questions, I found another reason that, that God asks questions, not just because he doesn't, know, you know, because he, he already knows the answer, but he, he wants us to help people discover important things, to discover important things. Now, um, I've been coaching soccer for about 20 years and uh, certified by the USF, USSF, yeah, United Soccer Federation, United States Soccer Federation, and so when they teach you in class how to teach kids how to play soccer, they, I think it's, it's brilliant what they do. Instead of telling 
kids what to do. Hey, you need to do this, this, and this. That's more of a game situation. But when you're in training, you're, you're, you're in a drill, you're doing a drill, you have the scenario, and here's what you do. You say, freeze! And every kid should stop. Some of them, you know, they want to disobey. So, no, no, you go back over here. That's where you were, stay there. Freeze. So then you go with the person with the ball. Okay, you got different options. What, what can you do? Can you dribble? Can you shield the ball? Can you pass the ball? Can you go forward to goal? What, what, what do you think is best in this situation? Then you ask the person that's not with the ball. Hey, where can you be? Should you be hiding behind this defender or should you be over here to be open? And you allow them to discover for themselves where to be. Freeze, ask questions, and they begin to learn. It's brilliant. And you know what? God has been doing that since the very beginning of time. He's been asking questions of his people. The very first recorded conversation in the Bible, he asked questions. I want you to go there with me. Genesis chapter 3, and we're going to find out that Jesus asked four questions in a little uh, snippet of scriptures. He asked questions so that Adam and Eve can discover things about themselves. So we'll begin reading from Genesis chapter 3, beginning in verse 8. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, where are you? Where are you? And he answered, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked so I hid. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? The man said, the woman you put me here. You put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree and I ate it. And the Lord God said to the woman, what is this you have done? I want to stop there, but I want you to think about this. Before this thing even happened with Adam and Eve, right? When they would hear God walking in the garden, can you imagine that relationship? Like it would be perfect peace, right? It would be pleasurable. It would be safety. Like it's me and God. This is awesome. Right? But now, they, after they've sinned, they're running. They fear God. They're, they're hiding. Why? Yeah, they disobeyed God's command and God knew where they were. Really, God, you're going to ask them, where are you? You already know all things. He knew what they had done. Yet in that moment, God didn't grab hold of them, right? God didn't accuse them. God didn't destroy them immediately. All of those things he could have done. But he didn't. He had an interaction with them. He asked questions. God's questions really are the most loving thing to connect with Adam and Eve that he could do. After the rebellion that was disastrous, right, for not just for them, but for, the, for, the, for every person, every person after Adam and Eve. Yet God has a relationship, a conversation. He's revealing to them, guess what? I could have done all those things, but I'm not abandoning you. I'm going to ask you. He wanted to interact with them. I think about this, this God that I have, this perfect God who, when my children disobey me, sometimes I just go, nope, you disobeyed, here's your consequence, I don't even want to have anything. And I fail as a father so many times because I don't have a relationship with them. And then i got to go back and say, sorry, let's talk. That's what our Heavenly Father wants, a conversation with us. Throughout the scriptures, 
God wants us to restore, or he wants to restore all people back to himself with this kind of relationship. I want you to think about this scenario, right? Adam and Eve. I mean, don't we do the same thing in our life, in our relationship with God? Don't we run? Don't we try to hide? Don't we try to cover up? I mean, God, I don't even want to talk to you about it, God. Right? I don't. And God says, where are you? Adam, where are you? And what's Adam's response in verse, verse 10? He doesn't really even ask, answer the question. He just makes an excuse. Well, I heard your voice. I was afraid. I was naked. I hid. Where are you, Adam? He lies. He makes excuses. And in verse 12, right, he even tries to pass the buck, pass the blame. The woman you gave to be with me, she gave it to me. Adam's blaming really not just Eve, but he's blaming God. Right? The woman you gave me. God, uh-oh. Or we make excuses like the devil, right? The devil made me do it. That was kind of Eve's excuse. But really, we're blaming God. God, why'd you put me in this situation? God, I don't understand right now what's happening. We try to hide. And God says, where are you? And that's really the question for today. Where are you? Where are you in your relationship with God today? Do you feel far away from him? Do you feel close to him? Is some sin coming between you and God? Well, he wants to talk to you about it. He loves you. And really, he wants all of us to come to say, yep, God, I ate it. This is what I did. I ate from that tree that you told me not to eat from. And really, when he asks these questions, where are you, right? He wants us to all confess. He wants to say, I'm sinful, sinful from birth. I need you today. God, I need you today. Thank you for that gift of repentance. Thank you that I can come to you as a heavenly father knowing that Jesus intercedes for me and that you're going to listen to me. Where are you? If you don't know where you are, guess what? That alpha, those alpha courses, that'll be a great way to start. If you have a friend, somebody that knows, that doesn't know where he's at or she's at with the Lord, Alpha is a place to just explore those kinds of questions with no agendas, just curious questions. And then listen to this. I love this part. That as God speaks to the devil, he wants Adam and Eve to be right there to listen to what he has to say. He's speaking to the devil who's disguised as a serpent, and he wants Adam and Eve to listen. Verses 14 and 15. Because you've done this, serpent... You're cursed more than all cattle and more than every beast of the field. On your belly you shall go, shall eat dust all the days of your life. And this is what the promise of the gospel is. I'm going to put enmity between you, that's Satan, and the woman. And between your seed and her seed, he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. God came to Adam and Eve. Where are you? And ultimately, he wants to say and speak that conversation so he could finish with the promise that I'm going to send Jesus. I'm going to send enmity means hostility. That he's going to put this promised Savior between us and God. And he's got work to do. To destroy the works of the devil. That's who Jesus is. The devil is going to bruise his heel. Right? That means he's going to go on the cross. He's going to suffer, but death wouldn't be permanent. But Jesus, he's going to crush the head the devil. 
devil, you have no more authority over me as a child of God. Devil, you can just go because I know what Jesus did. Amen? That battle of the ages on the cross shows how much God wants to be in relationship. He keeps on asking the question, where are you? I want to have a conversation. And here's what I did so that we can. Jesus died on the cross for you and for me. Amen? So don't forget that, that he makes this amazing promise, right? So that through these questions, we can connect with people to help them process what's happening. If God does that with his people, we ought to do the same for others that we're in relationship with. Amen? Would you bow your heads and let's pray with me. Pray with me for these skills. Next week we're going to talk about loving. If you think about that, loving is the thing that binds all of these things together. Because if we're not loving, we're not going to notice. If we don't know God's love, we're not going to pray. If we don't know uh, that Jesus listens to us, right? Love binds all these things together. That's what I'm going to talk about next week. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that you give to your people this ability to come before you and speak. Even when we feel we're far away from you, God. You bring us close through your Son, our Savior, Jesus. You put our, the Holy Spirit in us so that you might allow us to say, God, I'm sorry, I repent of my sins and then receive forgiveness each and every day. Thank you for filling us up with your word today. Thank you for being a God that we can be in relationship with. And I pray a blessing now as we uh, close. Father, help us with those thoughts of those people that aren't close to you, that you would use us to be instruments of your salvation. In Jesus' name. Why don't you stand up? As we sing this song, here's what I'd like you to do, okay? Think about a person again. Maybe that's the same person in your life. And would you use this song as a prayer, God? Would you bless them? Would you pour out your favor on them? Would you show them yourself? And maybe not just a person that is a follower, isn't a follower of Jesus, but maybe that's persons in your family. Pray for it for our church, brothers and sisters in Christ. Pray that God would bring his favor on this place, that he would grow his kingdom in and through you in this community and in the world. Amen.